From WNPR, Connecticut Public Radio, and the Public Radio Exchange, this is Bullied, Teen Stories from Generation PRX. I'm Peyton Nicholson-Russell, and I'm a high school senior. And I'm Council Brandon. I'm a high school freshman. We've both experienced bullying. It's a serious problem in schools, on the streets, and on the internet. In the next hour, we'll hear from young people across the globe who have dealt with bullying. We'll try to figure out why it happens and how to stop it. Lately, it's been all over the news. The parents of Jamie Rotemeyer believe years of bullying finally pushed their son too far. Turn now to a tragic story out of Long Island, New York, where a popular but troubled teenager committed suicide last week. Nine teenagers in Massachusetts face charges of bullying a 15-year-old girl until she finally killed herself. The most severe bullying cases can end with the tragic loss of a life. But as much as we think we know what bullying is, do we really? Many cases are harder to define. Basically, bullying is any type of physical or, or it could be emotional aggression that's done on purpose to someone to cause them physical, emotional, or mental uh, harm. That's Holly Preby-Diaz, a bullying prevention and intervention specialist at the Los Angeles Unified School District. Not everyone defines bullying the same way, and, and that's a real problem. You know, how do, how do families define bullying? And... You know, what's, what may be bullying to one person isn't bullying to another. And they, are, they may say, well, we're, you know, we're just kidding around. That's how we play. Um, so we have a, a big job to make sure that everyone understands what respectful treatment is. Holly's right. Name-calling and kidding around are all part of middle and high school. But when does it become threatening and damaging? When does it cross the line to bullying? Ninth grader Casanova Robinson learned this lesson the hard way. When his friends and classmates went too far with their teasing. But once it started, what could he do to let them know they'd gone too far? From Zoomix Radio in Boston, here's his story. In ninth grade, I got called Osama, and I didn't like it. I really didn't like it. But let me start from the beginning. It all started in a humanities class, where we were debating what region of the world India was in. A bunch of people thought India was part of the Middle East. So I explained how India is part of Asia using maps and things I already knew. It kind of turned into a big argument in the middle of class. My teacher, trying to bring up the argument, asked where we thought Osama bin Laden was located in the world. Turns out, one kid in particular decided that Osama was in India and that I, therefore, should be called a terrorist. But that was only the beginning. Oh, come on! I had a feeling that was about to happen. He had another reason to call me a terrorist. It was because of a game called Modern Warfare 2. Basically, it's a shooting game between two teams. Either the U.S. military, Navy SEALs, or Special Task Force versus Russians or some sort of terrorists. What? Snipers? Nuketubers? The main goal is to win or to destroy your opponents. But since that kid from school knew that I am half Indian, and I play shooting games, and I supposedly use the most destructive weapon in the game, I'm even more of a terrorist to him. And the taunting continued. Oh, snap. Oh, he took off my head. As a freshman in high school, I didn't care too much at first. But then other people started calling me a terrorist. For example, if I was out sick from school, and the same day there was news about Al-Qaeda or something in the Middle East. The next day, when I came to school, people would ask, where were you, Afghanistan, and something stupid like that. 
So today is January 12th and I'm interviewing my mom. So mom, how are you? I'm doing good, baby. My mom and her family are from India, so I'm half Indian myself. My dad is black and was born in New Jersey. So mom, where are your parents from? My parents from India. India, Goa is a beautiful place. Built with Portuguese. You know, background mostly like living in the Portuguese culture. So, what is it like to be an Indian person living in America? That's uh, India is we have a lot of freedom, you know. Here we have in being in America, I have a lot of racist problem and a lot of violence. You know, kids have no freedom. You know that sucks. You know because every minute you gotta worry about your kids. Hearing my mom say that isn't really a surprise to me because I know it's true. I ended up fighting a kid twice because he called me a terrorist daily. I didn't quite understand why it was an everyday thing. So today is January 9th. So I asked my friend Andy. So what's good, Andy? Hi. I just want to know one thing. Why did everybody call me a terrorist? Because it's just, just jokes. People just start coming. People just keep saying every day became a normal thing. It's like playing a game. You keep playing every day. It'll be your favorite game eventually. But how could something so rude or so aggravating become a daily thing? When I asked my guidance counselor this, he kind of gave me the same thing Andy said. People just got comfortable. Part of it is their fault, but a part of it is your fault. That's Billy McLean. He's the guidance counselor in my school. Because you never let them, you never put a line there before. They got comfortable saying stuff to you because you waited until you was at the top of the cup instead of waiting. The timing got a little bit of filled, little filled up in the cup. And I'm using water as an example of frustration. Time that little bit of water got in there, you should have said, you know what? That's enough. No more water in my cup. You waited until it got to the top. And that's how they was able to say, yo, we always play with him. Like, no, that's not, that's not the case. You were supposed to be playing with him like that, but you never said nothing. So, because I never said nothing. Made people comfortable with saying certain things to you. I understand where Billy is coming from now, but at first, I didn't. He told me to choose my friends wisely. He told me that it was my responsibility to tell them to stop. He also called my parents. My parents always told me to stay out of trouble, so my idea at first was just to ignore the insults. I guess they assumed I was just a normal kid who wouldn't run into problems like this. A bunch of things happened. A fight, parents and teachers got involved, and kids eventually got suspended. I believe it was somewhat of my responsibility to say something, but it also falls on the people around you and the bullies themselves. Words mean a lot, so when you call me a terrorist, that hurts. Just because I'm half Indian doesn't make me Osama or a terrorist or whatever you want to call me. For Zoomix Radio, this is Casanova Robinson. Bullying starts early. It isn't just a high school or middle school problem. It's not even just a school problem. And no matter where the bullying happens, it's hard to know where to go for help. We're told to talk to a teacher or guidance counselor. A lot of times, we talk about it with our friends. But parents play an important role in bullying prevention, too. 
especially if the abuse is happening outside of school. Next, we'll hear two producers from the Middletown Youth Radio Project at Wesleyan University in Connecticut. Ten-year-olds Destiny Chandler and Alexis Madera looked at the bullying that takes place in the housing community where they live. They came across a tricky problem. What do you do when the bully lives next door? What do you do when you're worried about being called a snitch? I'm Destiny Chandler, DJ DeJanae. And I'm Alexis Madera, DJ Elizabethiano. Our whole lives we've grown up in a place called Traverse Square, a small public housing development right next to Wesleyan University. Traverse Square, it's its own community. There are usually lots of kids running around, playing outside, or hanging out at the after-school center with their parents just around the corner. I'm Shana, I'm 21, and I live in Traverse Square. So you always see kids, and they're always outside playing, which is nice to see them having fun with each other. In the summertime, it's usually kickball, and in the wintertime, it's usually outside on the porches talking and playing. Sometimes that talking and playing leads to bullying. I have to say my brother. I think people think because he's disabled that he's easy to get to, and sometimes he'll come in crying, and I'll ask him what's wrong, and he'll say something happened, and you go out there, and nobody really wants to say what happened because they know that will yell at them for messing with him because he is disabled. We talked to my mom about the after-school center in Traverse Square, where we meet with Wesleyan tutors to do our homework and play games. The program has been an excellent program because it has the kids in Traverse Square more involved. It just keeps them off the streets. And there's many parents who work, so it really helps a lot when the Wesleyan College kids come, take them, help them with the homework. But Traverse Square is not always fun and safe. Two years ago, there was a shooting right outside my house, and since then, the violence has not completely gone away. Jody, my 14-year-old cousin, who lives a few doors down from me, talked about what it was like for him to grow up here. It didn't have a good influence, because back then it wasn't really, a couple years ago it wasn't good out here. A lot of fights and a lot of gang-related stuff. My mom sometimes worries about me growing up here. It's a good community where they have this, you know, the Western students trying to help guys out and stuff like that. But then again, you have the violence and, you know, other stuff that children, you know, shouldn't be around. As I was talking to my mom about violence as an extreme kind of bullying in Trevor Square, I ended up telling her that I was getting bullied at school. And the person who was bullying me was our next door neighbor. This boy in my class, since I have a big forehead, he's always been telling me, that if I go to the army, I would have to salute like this. From the back? From the back of the head to the front. And I didn't like that. Go and tell the principal, go and tell the teacher because it's making you feel sad and not feel good about yourself or just think that, wow, you know, I have a big forehead now I'm ugly or something. You're part of the being bullied, so you will have to sit there and speak up because if no one speaks up, I mean, this is gonna keep on and keep on. But what I didn't tell my mom then is that it's hard to speak up if you're the one getting bullied because you already feel hurt, but it hurts even more to admit it to someone else, not to mention that people might call you a snitch. I don't want my daughter to feel uncomfortable. I don't want my daughter to feel this way, you know, that she can't really sit there and do what she has to do in school because... Not only do I feel uncomfortable in school, but then I have to come home and I can't even walk outside my door without being nervous about seeing him. My mom says he bullies me because he has a crush on me. But why does he have to show his feelings through bullying? Alexis told me why she thinks people bully. What they're feeling, they're trying to make you feel the same way, so like they're not the only ones having that situation. We also talked to Sonia Mignon, 
who deals with issues of bullying as a part of her job right up the hill at Wesleyan University. I think bullies are insecure people. I think they may have been bullied before by someone else, or they may be lonely and trying to get attention, or they just have not had really good role models to let them know that bullying is not a good thing to do. We realize that even though bullies might act all tough, they can be just as scared as the people they bully. Their bullying is a way of putting their emotions onto other people without actually expressing themselves. And maybe bullying is the only way they know how to express themselves because it's what they have seen growing up at home, at school, on TV, and on the streets. For the Middletown Youth Radio Project in WESU, I'm Alexis Madera, DJ Elizabethiano. And I'm Destiny Chandler, DJ Dijanet. It seems that everyone has an idea about why people bully. Part of it is to elevate their own social status. It's a sign of fear. You just have like self-hatred and you express it through actions and through words. Coming up, we'll get a psychologist's take on that. And we'll talk about bullying in the lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender community. I'm Council Brandon. And I'm Peyton Nicholson-Russell. You're listening to Bullied, teen stories from Generation PRX, brought to you by WNPR, Connecticut Public Radio, and the Public Radio Exchange. For more information or to share your story, go to generation.prx.org slash bullied. Off. Steam, I could blow off. Now nah, I ain't a show off, cause I ain't flashy. See, he walked past me, not allowed in the in crowd. He never asked me anything, and he hating on me fully, so I did.